Section 6 of Apis Malefica by C.W. Wolf. Recording by Marie Dom. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. According to this experience, in conjunction with the symptoms 706-707, I believe that Apis will prove a successful prophylactic and curative agent in a disease of children, which terminates fatally in almost every case. I mean erysipelas of newborn infants, which commences at the genital organs, thence spreads over the skin and terminates in the induration and destruction of this organ. Until now, I have not had an opportunity of verifying the truth of this theoretical conclusion by actual experiments. Hence, I content myself with offering this suggestion for further practical trials. The American provings likewise show that apis may be of great use in scarlatina. Number 349, redness of the face as in scarlatina. 408 to 413. Tongue very painful, the burning and raw feeling increases, vesicles spring up along the margin of the tongue, the pains are accompanied by stitches. At the tip of the tongue, toward the left side, a row of small vesicles spring up, some six or eight, which are very painful and sore. Dryness of the tongue, red and fiery appearance of the inside of the cheeks with painful sensitiveness. 311. Pains in the interior of the right ear. 413 to 417. Burning at the upper portion of the left ear. Stitches under the left ear, tension under and behind the ears, red swelling of both ears with a stinging and burning pain in the swelling. 462 to 463. Difficulty of swallowing, staging pains when swallowing. 466. Burning in the fauces down to the stomach. 470. Difficulty of swallowing in consequence of redness and swelling of the tonsils. 473. Ulcers in the throat during scarlet fever. 1236. Scarlatina does not come out, in the place of which the throat becomes ulcerated. 1237. Retrocession of scarlatina, violent fever, excessive heat, congestion of the head, reddened eyes, violent delirium. 832. Redness and swelling in front of the neck, swelling of the glands. 833. Swelling of the cervical glands on the injured side. 836. Tension on the right side of the nape of the neck, below and back of the ear. 897, 898, itching and burning of the dorsum of the hand and of the knuckles and first phalanges, cracking of the skin here and there, itching and tapping of the hand and lower lip. If we add to these symptoms the above enumerated cerebral symptoms, the typhoid alteration of the internal mucous membrane of the whole alimentary canal and of the respiratory organs, the disorganizing and paralyzing action upon the blood and nerves, the inclination to dropsical effusion, the affection of the cervical glands with tendency to suppuration, the appearance of otoria, we have a group of symptoms which resemble very accurately the prevailing type of epidemic scarlatina. I know from abundant experience that homeopathic law has been brilliantly confirmed in this disease. Thanks to the curative powers of apis, scarlatina has ceased to be a scourge to childhood. The dangers to which children were usually exposed in scarlatina have dwindled down to one which fortunately is a comparatively rare phenomenon. It is only where the scarlet fever poison acts at the outset with so much intensity that the brain becomes paralyzed at once, and the disease must necessarily terminate fatally that no remedy has as yet been discovered. In all other cases, unless some strange mishap should interfere, the physician who is familiar with apis need not fear any untoward results in his treatment of scarlatina. In all lighter cases, where the disease sets in less tumultuously and runs a mild course, 
It is proper, as soon as the disease has fairly broken out, to give a globule of Apis-30 and to watch the effects of this dose without interference. The immediate consequence of this proceeding is to bring the eruption out in a few hours, all over the skin with abatement of the fever and general perspiration, after which the eruption runs its course in a few days. With a progressive feeling of convalescence, the epidermis peels off from the third to the fifth day, and at the latest to the seventh day, with cessation of the fever so that the process of desquamation is generally terminated within the next seven days, after which the patient may be fairly said to be convalescent, and the patient may be said to be absolutely free from all danger of consecutive diseases. The same result is obtained by nature in cases of mild scarlatina without interference of art. But the experience which I have had an opportunity of making during my long official employment as district physician has convinced me that nature accomplishes her end far more easily, more speedily, and satisfactorily, if assisted by art in accordance with the law of homeopathy. The sequelae especially are rendered less dangerous by this means. But if the disease sets in with a considerable degree of intensity at the very outset, and the fever continues without abatement, it is advisable to keep up a medicinal impression by repeating the dose. To this end, we dissolve a globule of Apis-30 in seven dessert spoonfuls of water by shaking the solution vigorously in a quart vial and giving a dessert spoonful every three, six, or twelve hours as the case may require. In all ordinary cases, a single solution of this kind suffice to subdue the fever and to secure a favorable termination of the disease. The struggle between disease and medicine assumes a far different form if the morbific poison has penetrated the organism more deeply. If a process of disorganization has already developed itself in the intestinal mucous membrane, and if the alteration of the sanguineous fluid, which is an inherent accompaniment of such a disorganizing process, has depressed the nervous activity to such a degree that typhus or paralysis of the brain or lungs seems unavoidable, as may be inferred from the bright red tongue, which is thickly studded with eruptive vesicles and speedily becomes excoriated, fissured and covered with aphthae, by a copious discharge of thick white bloody and fetid mucus from the nose, by the swelling and induration of the parotid glands, increasing difficulty of deglutition, sensitiveness of the abdomen to pressure, badly colored slimy bloody diarrhea, scanty emissions of turbid red painful urine, accelerated and labored breathing, loss of consciousness, delirium, soper, convulsions, trembling of the limbs, appearance as if the patient were lying in his bed in a state of fainting. The skin is at times burning hot and dry. At others it feels like parchment, cooler. At others again, hot and cool together in spots. The fever increases with changing pulse and is more constant. In short, all the symptoms, although developing themselves less rapidly, show that a fatal termination becomes more and more probable. In such a case, it is above all things necessary to saturate the organism with apis. If there is much fever, this result is best accomplished by means of alternate doses of aconite and apis. A few drops of the third potency shaken together with twelve tablespoonfuls of water, each drug by itself, the dose to be repeated every hour. And if the temperature is rather depressed, by giving apis without the aconite a tablespoonful every hour or two hours. In favorable cases, the fever becomes more remittent within one to three days. A moderate and pleasant perspiration breaks out all over the skin. The sleep becomes calm and natural, and the typhoid symptoms abate. If this change takes place, it is proper to exhibit apis in a more dynamic form, 
in order to assimilate it more harmoniously to the newly awakened reactive power of the organism. To this end, we dissolve a few globules of Apis 30 in seven dessert spoonfuls of water, giving a dessert spoonful morning and evening, and we continue this treatment until the symptoms of typhoid angina have gradually abated, the tongue has been healed, the normal desire for food has returned, and the digestive functions go on regularly, after which the natural reaction of the organism, assisted by careful diet, will be found sufficient to complete the cure. If no improvement sets in after Avis has been used for three days, we may rest assured that a soric miasm is in the way of a cure, which requires to be combated with some antisoric remedy. I have generally found calicarbonicum efficient, of which I gave one globule thirty on the fourth day of the treatment, permitting it to act uninterruptedly from one to three days, according as the disease was more or less acute, after which I again exhibited Avis in the manner previously indicated. In this way I succeeded in developing the curative powers of Apis, so that in a few days a gradual improvement, however slight, became perceptible to the careful observer. As soon as the improvement is well marked, all repetition of the medicine should cease, and the natural reaction of the organism should be permitted to complete the cure. Anyone who is acquainted with the action of the Kali must know that it continues without being interrupted by Apis, an invaluable blessing of nature. This proceeding is crowned with the desired results. The convalescence is shorter and easier, and there is less danger of serious sequelae, which, according to all experience, are so common in complicated cases of scarlatina, otoria, and separation of the parotid glands, are generally avoided under this treatment without any other aid, or if it is impossible to avert such changes, they generally come to a speedy and safe end. This treatment likewise keeps off dropsy and its dangers. In cases where the secretion of black urine shows that the liver is deeply involved in the disease, Apis is powerless. These are the only exceptions to the curative power of this drug. Here we are told by our law of cure that the sphere of Lachesis commences. When we give one or two globules of Lachesis 30 in seven dessert spoonfuls of water, a dessert spoonful every twelve hours, and in acute cases every three hours, and the good effects of this medicine must seem miraculous to one who is not accustomed to this mode of treating diseases. Already in a few hours the patient becomes tranquil, the improvement continues from hour to hour, the sleep becomes more tranquil, the cutaneous secretions in those of the bowels and kidneys become more active. After the lapse of one or at most two days, the urine begins to look clearer and lighter colored, and in about three days a return of the natural color of the urine shows that the functions of the liver are restored to their normal standard. The patient is able to do without any further medical treatment, and the natural reaction of the vital forces will be found sufficient to effect a cure. If I have not mentioned the affections of the kidneys, which may be present in this disease, it is because I have become satisfied by years of experience that they constitute secondary affections in scarlatina, and that we should commit a great error if we would draw conclusions regarding this point from post-mortem phenomena. End of section 6